We are currently, um, you know, part of a series called You in Five Years. How many of you want to meet you in five years? Yeah. And we are in week four of this series. And we are so glad that God is speaking to us, changing our lives, transforming our lives. It personally changed me, you know, learning how we can make choices in our life today so that we can meet ourselves in five years the way God wants us to be. Amen. Uh, week one, we saw the life you get stuck with. If you don't change the plan now, if you don't change who you are now, you will just be an exaggerated version of who you are right now in five years time. Nothing will change. You could have desires, just your desires will not take you to your purpose, will not take you to the vision that God has for your life. Week two, we saw in the absence of a crisis, how to change even when there is no crisis. Amen. A lot of times a crisis will force us to change. We changed because of something that pushed us. But how can we make choices today that can, that can help us to change our lives even without a crisis? Week three, we saw too small to fail. We can't just achieve everything or change everything overnight. Change has to happen daily. It cannot happen in a day. Amen. So we have to take small steps and we learn that little by little we can change. We, we learn that the problem that many of us have is that most of us, we underestimate what we can do in the long term and we overestimate what we can do in the short term. We underestimate what we can do in the long term and we overestimate what we can do in the short term. This morning... God is going to speak to us, and if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. This will be the title for my sermon this morning, Evening to Morning. Turn to the person uh, next to you and tell them, Evening to Morning. Amen. It's so quiet this morning. Let's try that one more time, yeah? Are you all speaking to everybody here? Okay, no riff with anyone. Okay, Evening... <laughs> All right, let's try it again. Three, two, one. Turn to the person next to you and tell them with a big smile, evening to morning. Okay, now turn to the other person who was your second choice for some reason and look at them again and tell them, evening to morning. <laughs> Good. Great. You know, in, there are 40 times in the Bible, the word evening and morning comes in the same verse. 40 times in the Bible. In different places. I'll just point out a few um, where, you know, the Israelites, in Exodus, you'll see them. God is providing them manna and God said that I will provide you from evening to morning. You get the meat and you get the bread. Evening to morning. But one of my favorite scripture that we're going to go today is from Genesis chapter 1. And if you got your Bibles, you can turn to Genesis chapter 1 from verse 1 to 5. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. If you're still looking for Genesis chapter 1, I'm really worried. Uh, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. It's funny because sometimes you're saying Genesis chapter 1 and you're still hearing people turning pages after pages. I'm like, okay. The earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep. 
and the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light and there was light. And God saw the light that it was good and God divided the light from the darkness. On the, uh, and verse 5 it says, God called the light day and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. I want to talk to you guys about how to bring change and when to bring change. A lot of us, we know the methods and strategy of bringing change in our life. But when it comes to managing our time in applying the changes, we struggle. So I want to talk a little bit this morning with you about when and how to bring the change in your life. In biblical times, a day is counted from evening to morning. In today's modern world, a day is counted when you wake up and when you go to bed, right? That's how we count it. In Jewish time, in biblical times, they count a day from a sunset to sunset. That's a day. Sunset to sunset. And to our surprise, if you take the day and if you divide it to your surprise, you will understand that from sunset to sunrise, you have the longest hours of your life. You have your longest hours from sunset to sunrise. Now, I'm not talking about the sunrise that happens when you open your eyes. <laughs> now, for many of us, we have different versions of sunrise. Right? Sunrise is, you know, uh, morning is when I wake up. For some of you, sunrise is at 11 a.m. For some of you, sunrise is at 10. For some, sunrise is at 3 a.m. We have a brother in our church, you know, he wakes up at 3 and he goes to work at 5 a.m. He's a, he's a businessman and he does that out of discipline. So, it, we're not talking about that sunrise. We're talking about the actual physical sunrise that happens. So in average in India, let's say um, sunset happens around between, anytime between 6 to 6.30, yeah? And, and the sunrise happens anytime between, anytime between 5.45 to, right, you got no clue. All right, let's try this side. 5.45 to... 6, 6.15, great. I, I, we have some early rises this side. Okay. And Ajay, you're on the wrong side. You feel that? Okay. <laughs> so that's the longest time. That's the longest time of your life. In a day, that's the longest time you have. So what we would love for you to actually do is to change how we manage time. And what we are going to learn is that we are going to anchor our evening to morning. When you anchor your evening to morning, no matter what happens from your 9 to 5, you have already had a good day. That's pretty much my sermon. Have a great day. You're already had a good day. It doesn't matter what happens in your 9 to 5. The reason I say that is you have no control over your 9 to 5. 
because you are filled with responsibilities and you're only meeting demands. But from your evening to your morning, from your sunset to your sunrise, you have absolute control over your time. Are you all with me? This is why the biblical times, people went to bed when the sun went down. There was nothing much to do. For many people, especially in today's generation, the day begins when the sun goes down. <laughs> right? So, it, for everybody in our lives, what we are going to do is that we are going to try this practically. Now, this is including me. I'm preaching it because I just learned it. But I need time to practice this. And I, and I think we're all going to do this. Let's try it. Because... From your evening, just, just take from 6 o'clock and you're not going to step out of your house in the morning till about 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock. So you almost have 14 hours that's in your control. 14 hours that's your control. If you want to make any change in your life, it should happen in this 14 hours. You can invest time in this 14 hours because in your 9 to 5, you're just meeting demands. You know, whatever your boss says, whatever your professor says, whatever you, that you need to fill in your job role, you know, whatever errands that you need to run for your family, take your kids to school, iron the clothes, whatever that you're doing, you're constantly just meeting the demands and you have no control over your life from 9 to 5 and you're just running here and there. But if you can take control over your evening to morning, and anchor it in such a way that you have quality time with family, with yourself, and towards the changes that you want to make for the future. Amen? I want to talk to you guys of how you can live this out. I just want to, you know, there's just two ways to live this out. Just two ways to live this out. Here's number one. Are you ready for this? Get sleep. Get sleep. Everybody's like, wow, pastor, this is the rhema word that I've been waiting for. Everybody tells us, wake up, wake up. You are the only pastor who says, sleep. Now, what I'm talking about here is that our body needs a certain amount of sleep, especially if you need to anchor your evening to morning, don't compromise your sleeping hours. I would like you to meet a person Mr. Thomas Edison, who ruined all our sleep. He ruined all our sleep. The reason why, before the invention of his incandescent light bulb, people, in average, slept for 10 to 12 hours a night. Can you believe that? 10 to 12 hours of sleep. Undisturbed sleep. Okay? Even my daughter Zion, she doesn't get that sleep today. Now, the average sleeping hour is anything between five to six hours. And thanks to internet, it's even reducing to 4.5 to 5 hours. Sometimes three hours. Bless Netflix. Get sleep. Sarah Mednick, 
She is a sleep researcher at the University of California. I never knew that was a job. Like sleep researcher. Guys, you, you, if you're running out of options, like, you know, sleep researcher. I don't know what she does in a job like stare at people who are sleeping. I'm just researching. Okay, Sarah Mednick says, studies have conclusively linked sleeplessness to irritability, anger, depression, and mental exhaustion. Now, this is not only when you sleep for three, just for three hours or four hours. Even if you reduce just an hour, for us, the optimum time that we need for our body, like in average, every night is eight hours of sleep. Whether you're young, you're an adult, or you're an elderly person, minimum, optimal time is eight hours of sleep. Even if you reduce an hour from it, just one hour from it, you're more exposed to irritability, anger, depression, and mental exhaustion. Now, I want to ask everybody a question. Those who do not sleep uh, for more, uh, at least uh, eight hours in a night, can you put your hand up? All of you are irritable, anger, depressed, and mentally exhausted. I knew he was going to say that. That's why I didn't put my hand up. Now, this is very true. Maybe we have mild levels of it, but this is very true. That, that our tolerance level reduces by the day when you sleep very less at night. And this is not a healthy way to live. The Bible says, look after the temple of God, which means that you got to start from here. We carry the presence of God. We want to live for God. We want to achieve great things for God. But yet we have habits in our life that are absolutely unhealthy. We are so vulnerable emotionally when you have less sleep. Which means that you can e easily give in and give up into any form of temptations. Any form of temptations. We have to be really careful. Many of us, we set an alarm to wake up, right? We set an alarm to wake up. I remember talking to some young people and they were saying like, not, not from our church, I just say that anyway. Um, and, and, and they were saying, Pastor, it's really hard because I just don't want to sit on my phone, you know, when I wake up in the morning. I said, okay, then put your phone away. But then that's where I have, you know, my alarm and I need, I need to have it by my bedside. I said, get an alarm clock. We have forgotten about alarm clocks, right? Do you remember? So we all set alarms to wake up. I'm going to start a new habit. And I think we're all going to start a new habit. Are you ready for this? We're all going to set an alarm to go to bed. Got it? When that alarm rings, you put your phone away, you put your Netflix away, you put whatever you're doing away, and you just sleep. Turn to the person next to you, look, at, to, look into their eyes and tell them, put your phone away and sleep. <laughs> Husbands are using the moment. <laughs> Wives are using this moment. People watching online, you can look at them and tell them. It's really, really important. We are going to set an alarm to go to sleep. 
we need actually a mind to register because we think that we'll just go to sleep when I'm totally tired, when I've got nothing else to do. If I go with that principle, I've got always something to do. I will not sleep. We need to set an alarm to go to bed. It's really important that you get sleep. Average, eight hours. So out of 14 hours from your evening to morning, eight hours is gone for what? Sleeping. Now how much we have? We have six hours quality time that you can invest in changing your life. If you can't change your life in six hours with the help of the Holy Spirit, I don't know who else can help you. Right. God bless you. Right. The second point, the first one is get sleep. The second one is go deep. The six hours you have, go deep in whatever that you're doing. Three areas, go deep spiritually, go deep physically, and go deep creatively. You know, our mind and our lives is filled with certain tanks. The spiritual tank, the physical tank, the emotional and the creative tank. In fact, the emotional is more attached to the physical side. And we have a creative tank because God is a creative God. He created everything. He did not bang it open. He created everything. And because of his creativity and we are made in his likeness, in his image, we are all creative people here. But many times we shut down our creativity because we don't have time to invest into it. There are many forms of creativity, whether it be music, drawing, you know, a lot of things. Everything that you put your hand into and you do it your own way, in a creative way, that's your creativity. We got to invest time into that. In that six hours, if you are making decisions to read your Bible, can you invest time in that? Go deep with God spiritually. The Bible says, be still and know that I am God. Invest spiritually. Invest physically. Have a good time of workout, everybody said. Amen. Except for a few. I, I, I heard only a few amens. You know, working out, it could be any form. It could be even a long stretch of walk. But this is not working out, just, just letting you know. I'm just working my biceps between my plate and the mouth. <laughs> working out actually helps you, helps your mood and your focus. It helps your mood and your focus. Sun is really powerful, but unless... You focus it using your lens, you cannot burn the paper. You need the lens to focus it. It, it is powerful, but you need focus. You might have everything in your life. If you lose focus in life, you're not able to achieve anything. And the best way to increase your focus and have a better mood, actually do something physically. There's a lot of stored up energy in your body that we need to exhaust it so that we can live a healthy life. Amen? And creatively, we have to live creatively. The thing, the problem is, many people think that multitasking, multitasking is, is a great gift. But you know what the actual definition of multitasking is? This is what is written. Going from one thing to another too quickly and too poorly. 
This is called multitasking. We did not know this. Multitasking is going from one thing to another too quickly and too poorly. We are actually not designed to juggle. We are not actually designed to juggle. We are actually wired to do one thing at a time. And do it well. So I want to help you. If you want to go deep and use that six hours of your life in the evening to morning. And make it really a quality time that will help you to get better in life. I want you to do these four things. Plan your evening to morning. Whenever we write a schedule, whenever we do do plans, we always write from 9 to 5. The moment you close your laptop, oh, I can go to work. I can go home now. I can just chill. Just put on the TV, have a coffee, and just watch like something for three hours up to 9 o'clock. And then have dinner, and then again continue in Netflix. It's just gone. Your time is gone. Plan your evening to morning. And last week we learned that if you don't measure something, you are not actually sure how you're performing. You need to track it. If you're just, you know, if you're not keeping score, you're just practicing, you're not playing. Right? You're just practicing, you're not playing. If you're serious about changes in your life, track the changes. Journaling helps. You know, historically, people, people are able to track down the history by looking at the, uh, looking at the journals from guys from the past. A lot of history, whether it be British history, Indian history, or other countries, a lot of minute details of war and plans all came from the journals of these captains and soldiers and generals from the army. They had this practice, practice of writing everything down. Today, I'm going to have a cup of coffee and then I'm going to invade into India. Probably they wrote that down. Whatever that you're doing, write it down, track it, journal it. And the third thing is, have time blocks. How many of you know the concept of time blocks? No? We always schedule things parallelly, right? That's sort of multitasking. Okay, six to seven, seven to eight, I'll be doing this, but while I'm